Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome once again to another Match Day edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm joined by Andy. Hello. James. Hello. And Matt. Hello. And we're here to discuss our away game against Swansea. Our penultimate away game of the season. Well, hopefully it is. But first, we're here on Saturday evening, remote again. And it's been announced today that Jack Charlton, the all-time record number of appearances for Leeds United, has died, which is obviously on top of Norman Hunter and the Trevor Cherry news earlier on in the year, is pretty gutting. It's just been relentless, hasn't it? You're kind of sad for someone that you didn't personally know, but you feel as if when you've listened to people telling stories, he sounds like an absolute legend of a bloke to have known. And like my my memories of Jack Charlton, because of the age I'm really, uh, from uh, his managing with the Republic of Ireland and from his fishing program. So uh, <laughs> I was only reading about him last week, actually, because uh, I was reminiscing about when he was going crazy at USA 94 about not being able to throw water on the pitch because it was 30 degrees plus in Orlando, Florida. And think, thinking about how we're now having drinks breaks in the first and second half in like <laughs> when it's eight degrees in West Yorkshire. I think it always surprised me that um, how not little that he's honoured, but you just don't really see much about of of Jack Charlton. And is it because he's just a quiet person? Um, I don't know, but I think the club have to do something to honour him because he is a, an absolute legend. Um, and I know it gets thrown around a lot, but he is a legend. That appearance record is never going to get broken, is it? You wouldn't have thought so. Although, if anybody's going to break it, it might be Liam Cooper. Is it possible for him to do that? If he Probably. plays on until he's like 90? Probably not. There's a bit of a movement on Twitter to create a big memorial statue of the whole of the Revy team doing the pre-match wave to the crowd. And that would look pretty awesome if we could get that off the ground outside the East End. I think it would be very fitting and something that everybody can relate to because as I think I said when uh, when we lost Norman and Trevor that although they were before our time as, as relatively young Leeds fans we binge on our history because that's when we were the best ever although we don't know and we feel like we do because we've, we've binge watched and we've read and we've researched everything about them so to have them immortalised at the stadium I think would be something very special it would and the best thing we can do in their memory is to get promoted 
Yeah. Well, that's it. And it's a cliche, isn't it? And it's, it's sad that it's a cliche that we've heard before very recently, but that is the best way that the players can honour these fixtures going out and uh, bringing first division football back to Leeds for the first time in such a long time. And uh, trolling around games forums today, they've all had threads on Charlton, which ties into what James said about being a legend. He's a respected legend across English football, Irish football, the world of football. There is a game in which we hope that they will be honouring him. Um, Andy, do you want to take through the head-to-head record? I'd love to. So, games won 20, games drawn 7, games lost 12. We lost the early season game at home to send them top of the table. It was a 1-0, if you remember it, where we had all the pressure, all the possession and the chances and they won late on. It looked like they won the World Cup. The way they were kind of celebrating and acting was like they were mega and then you look back on it and they, they dropped straight off after that, didn't they? And now they're, they're back up there scrapping for their playoffs. I watched the highlights today of that game. It was two minutes and I think if I'd watched the 14 minutes it would be exactly the same. Of chance after chance after chance and then they got this dodgy bobbly one from a corner all ran off going wild jumping hugging each other and it really it looked like it was this time of the season when it was incredibly significant but it but it was august and now it's july <laughs> you know it matters more in july doesn't it well not usually no, about about now is when we'd normally be having our first pre-season game ahead of a new season that, that is so bizarre it just doesn't feel right but uh it was so annoying that game so frustrating because I think as well we all thought that we were going to see the leads that we saw last year and we were going to be wasteful for the rest of the, the season um, but luckily we've only had shades of that yeah I think it was so disappointing because it put us behind where we were at the same stage the previous season so we felt like we were playing catch up from an early stage but the way that Paul's just described that game I think you could describe any defeat we've had this season probably in exactly the same way yeah, I was looking at the because um, I, I did the same as you, Paul, and I was looking at the team that we had out for that game uh, at the start of the season. And Forshaw was playing in the middle, and Hernandez was out wide for that match. So you think tomorrow it's going to be a, a different affair for us because you know we are going to have uh, maybe a better looking side, you know, only marginally. But is it that marginal change that that will make the difference anyway, and and see us bury our chances? You'd hope so. Well, I haven't seen any team news obviously because it's the night before but you would assume that he will continue with the same starting 11 that played the other night that seems to be his preferred starting 11 although not necessarily the way he sees it is that he has a team of players who could play at any point and they're very interchangeable yeah I think he could potentially start Pablo he does know Swansea he does know Swansea it crossed my mind that this is on paper our toughest game of the remaining four so do you just play Pablo and then with a view to give him a rest on Thursday when Barnsley come. I think the next game is always going to be the, the toughest. I know it's such a cliche, but I don't think we've got any easy games left now. No, that's definitely true. But Swansea are the highest ranked opponent we've got to play. That was That's my only point. I saw someone say we've only got one point against Welsh teams so far this season. Oh, that is, that's horrible. Now I feel awful. Yeah, we need to make it four. Considering we've had such a good season, it's it's impressive that we've managed in the last four. There's still two teams there that could do the double over us. So, on the Swansea forum, there was just a range of quotes that I picked. I'll take a point now. That's quite 
Oh no, Keith Stroud. That's Tom Jones. <laughs> Leeds can definitely <laughs> bottle this. It's in the DNA. So uh, that's uh, a range of thoughts that they had on the game. They've got the full spectrum of, uh, of bits and pieces there. But the, that links into Joe Bedford and what she's found out about the referee. It's going to be Keith Stroud. And it's fans' favourite, Keith Stroud. The Luton fan has refereed five Leeds games this season and we've won all five. Oh, Salford, yes. Barnsley, Salford, Barnsley, Birmingham and Holloway and Borough at home. So they hate Keith Stroud, apparently due to a, a, an FA Cup fixture against Manchester City. He's done all right by us so far this season. Throw in the law of Leeds that though and it'll all change, won't it? Well, that is, that is the key though, isn't it? Yeah, Leeds that could come about because... I think Keith Stroud was the ref for our Easter Monday game with Brentford last season, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the one who didn't give us the penalty. And uh, this is technically our Easter Monday game this season. Hey, that's a bit of awkward symmetry. At least our good Friday went a little bit better. It was a very good Friday on Thursday. Yeah, we smashed that. We put that one to bed, didn't we? Speaking of uh, Good Friday, when I went to that game, uh, I was with last season against Wigan. I was with my uh, brother-in-law, Chim, who you all know. Oh, no. And uh, he's been to numerous games with me over the years, numerous. And uh, we have never won a match when he's uh, watched a game with us. And guess who I'm watching it with tomorrow? Well, let's hope that that, that that's only a rule when he's in the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a chance for a new beginning tomorrow and uh, I just hope we do it I'm not feeling good if not this time like you've got to excommunicate him he's gone well well, no Chib's never ever seen Leeds lose in July has he in a a league game that's true we could plug that one out have you seen us lose in a league game in July Andy no and I will not (laughs) oh god omens are good then so on that basis Andy what's your prediction for tomorrow oh you see I said a draw the other night and it was 5-0, so... Your predictions ain't worth nothing. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, is the honest answer. I don't know if it... 3-0 leads, based, based on nothing. <laughs> predictions are always based on pretty much nothing. I know, but I've always kind of got a gut and I can like see in my eye where it's going to go, but I've got no idea where this one... No, you can see where you think it's going to go, but you've never been able to see exactly where it's going to go. I think now it's get, every game's getting more terrifying than the predictions. I just don't have a clue and I'm staying well clear. I'm going to go confidence 3-0. Why not? Paul, in the last game, yes. uh, you predicted a 3-2. I mean, you got a five-goal thriller. Yeah. What are you going for this time? 2-0 leads. And I hope it'll be more because in my mind... That game was so recent that we, you know, like normally with your Saturday Tuesday game, you feel like you roll out of the Saturday form and straight into the Tuesday one to an extent. And I'm hoping that we just were uh, absolutely sky high and uh, continue from where we left off on uh, Thursday. So that was strange having to think about the fact that we played on Thursday. So I'm going to say two nil, but I'm, I feel vaguely, I feel more at ease about this fixture than any of the others that have so far. Possibly other than Luton, but that was misplaced. And Paul, your gambling's finally come to fruition. You've made West Brom drop two points today. Yeah, I did. I'm chuffed with that. <laughs> How much money could you have won, though, if they'd, uh, if they'd well, won? I would have won 190 if, they, if they'd have won. And when they were winning in the first half, I saw the cash out was on about 
140. And then I saw it say suspended. And then it dropped to around 60, 60 odd, which was the stake. And it ended up at £7.85. And then it was full time. So, you know, you live by the sword, don't you? You do, but that. But I cashed it out by that would have been a bit bit of a cop-out, wouldn't it? It wasn't real money. It was £10 that I put on, that I, I put that on the side. And I mean, anyone... It sounds like sounds like real money, £10. Yeah, I was going to say, you sound like you got an addiction problem. No, what, I think what Paul's saying is that he uh, recouped his initial stake. I got, I, got what, I got what he was saying, but he's justifying uh, his addiction, really, isn't he? My addiction is to Leeds getting promoted. That two points that Paul has caused West Brom to drop could could end up being crucial, so it'll be well worth the £10. I would have taken Brentford uh, dropping the two points, though, wouldn't you? It wasn't the best manner in which to uh, lose the uh, bet, but it, that was the point of betting on both of them, that I, I was quite happy for either of them to, to drop some points at some point. And they did. So I'm happy with that. And on paper, West Brom have got a harder run in. Yeah, them or Fulham or both of them are, are dropping points on Fine. Tuesday. Matthew, what's your prediction? I'm with you 2-0 Leeds United. And I'm with you as well in feeling quite at ease about it. I don't really, I don't subscribe to Andy's view that it's getting more and more nerve-wracking. I'm less nervous about this game than I was about Thursdays. Because as I think the expectation is not quite... You know, Stoke are crap and we're at home. This is away at Swansea where we've never particularly done very well. They're fighting for a place in the playoffs and we need seven points out of 12. So, yes, of course, we want to get three points, but it's it's definitely not guaranteed. And if we don't, then it might not be the end of the world. Let's hope not anyway. You know, they always say, well, you'll realise if it was a good point or not at the end of the season. But we're nearly there, aren't we? We'll know within... 10 days whether these points are good points or, or not won't we you're all too calm for my liking well let's see what James is saying prediction and a word James I'm going for 2-1 to Leeds I think Swansea are good at setting up against sides that's why they're doing well so far and I think they will make it difficult for us but we're still a far better side so all we've got to do is take our chances and we'll we'll come away with three points and you just hope we can do it tomorrow yeah I'm not feeling nervous as such just <laughs> I just want to get past this game and and on onto Barnsley but I know I know I know it's stupid to look that far ahead but um yeah let's let's just hope for a win word um I was hoping Brentford would have lost today and it would have felt like this was sort of a, a swan song before we uh go and uh, walk away with the uh, promotion place in the in the week but not to be and uh, you know I just I just honestly all I, all I can hope for is that we get a win let's hope they can go out there and just do the job Andy what's your word? Composed I'm not composed I hope the team are and I hope we just uh, I hope we just show some maturity and just do a nice professional job and on to the next one keep his eyes on prize Speaking of professional jobs, Andy, are you uh, are you drinking tomorrow? Depends how nervous I am. <laughs> you got a podcast to be on. Hey, you know, it's Marmite. Currently, I'm not planning on... You weren't planning on that in the last game. Yeah, let's see. I don't think I've got any in, actually. I better go get some just in case. Thanks for the heads up, boys. Matthew, what's your word? My word is... Onomatopoeia. I've got a word, I just don't know how to... Uh... I don't know how to pronounce it. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Is it a uh, niche or niche? My word is huel. Go on then. What's huel and what does it mean? Huel. Huel. Is, is, is it a Geordie word for uh, a whole team we're going to beat? A whole lot of goals we're going to score? No, it's a Welsh word and it means goodbye because tomorrow is our final ever game in Wales. Oh, God. 
Unless they knock down Wembley Stadium and we get to an FA Cup final again. We're never playing in Wales again. I mean, I I hope you're right. Um, I really hope you're right. What about your word, Paul? My word is crescendo because the season is built towards its crescendo and I feel like we're reaching our peak and I'm really, really excited for it. And on that note, we'll speak to you after this. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That was all right, wasn't it? Imagine an Easter weekend where you win 5-0 against Stoke on Good Friday and then you go down to Wales and get a last-minute Pablo winner at Swansea on Easter Monday. It's literally a parallel universe that we've uh, we've just encountered. Imagine the scenes in that way. And somebody on Twitter said that everybody would have died, so it's a good job nobody was there. I feel a bit emotional. Is that silly? No. I, I, think, I think you finally just ca- caught up, Andy. I was, I was again... A, a bag of nerves going into this one and then and then you have 10 beers and that, that sort <laughs> hang of hang on hang on nine. Oh god but it's just such a release when that goal goes in the relief and the joy and the the sense of nervousness and fear just gets instantly taken off you doesn't it well I want to see whether Paul had settled for a draw before that surprised you didn't bet on Swansea that's not how the system works you know that so um it was, it's my daughter's birthday tomorrow, so we had a bit of a family get-together today, socially distanced, obviously. And uh, it was bang on the time of the, the Leeds game being on, so it was mega stressful for me because I was having to dip in and out of coverage and then switch into Twitter. So I don't really know at this point <laughs> how how, um, how we were overall in the game. I missed, missed quite a lot of it, which was mega stressful. So how, how do you think we did? It was the exact kind of performance I think we need at this time of the season. After a 5 nil the other day, I'd have happily taken a fairly average performance, I think is fair to say, with a 1-0 victory, especially when they uh, nicked one against us. We couldn't have complained at a draw, as Matt was jokingly saying to Paul, would you take a draw? But nicking it just felt so, 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 so sweet. I think as I said in the opening part of the podcast, we need we seek revenge on them. For, the, for that earlier on in the season because that was a complete smash and grab and it was, yeah, beautiful. It was the toughest game that we've had since coming back from lockdown. Tougher than Cardiff? Yeah, definitely. Swansea, uh, Swansea were organised and they played reasonably well and they will have felt good, which obviously makes it all the better for us. They, they will, but I, I didn't think they were that threatening going forward. Well, well, no. Once they got to the final third, they moved the ball well and they, they counted well it, I think it possibly just highlights how unlucky those sucker punch goals that Cardiff and Luton scored were I get that but I also think although I, I get what you're saying I found them a bit more threatening than other teams we've played just that I think that Brewster's on a decent run of form and Ayu looked pretty steady so I felt more threatened by them even though they didn't really offer too much and then there's that Conor Gallagher who had a worldy against us for Charlton that time, isn't there? I agree with Paul. I didn't think they were threatening in an attacking sense, but as I say, they were organised and I think they did a job on us. They gave us a game. I think, well, you know, if we do go up, and I'm still using the word if, but if we do go up, then I think we'll face more games like that next season. But do you get what I'm saying? I felt more threatened, even though they weren't threatening. I know that sounds so weird. 
No, but I think it's just because they were having a bit more possession. They were stopping us playing our usual game. And it felt, I always felt like there was going to be a goal in that game, but it could have been to either side late on. The other thing as well is that we, because Gallagher was having such a good game, we were losing control of it a bit in midfield. And and it's unusual to see uh, Phillips not struggling, but not making it as easy a job as it usually is in in terms of spreading the ball around uh, the middle of the park. So, so yeah, that's why I think. Mm What, from what I saw, it looked like it was tougher than it probably was. Did he pick up that knock um, when Matt Grimes absolutely polaxed him? Or was it from something else? On Phillips? Yeah. I noticed that he had some uh, bandage or some support on his left leg. I didn't it, was more than, it was more than a bandage. It was heavy, heavy yeah. strapping. Did that come on during the game or before? Half time. on at half time. I was wondering what Matt Grimes does other than take set pieces that they win on a incredibly regular basis due to the nature of their tactics that uh, Keith Stroud was well signed up for, despite the fact that he still made it six out of six. Cheers, Keith. It was so annoying. It was so frustrating as a game. And the most frustrating thing is when players, our players get suckered into it and start giving it like when Bamford knocks them over and looks around and goes, what, me? It's like, you know he's going to give it. Don't even challenge for them. I've got to give credit to Keith Stroud because he's the first referee that I've seen since uh, we went behind closed doors. He was refereed like there was a crowd in the in the ground. Yeah. It, it felt like there were fans on his back urging him to give yellow cards when it wasn't a yellow card. Yeah, and then what? when it was a yellow card, he didn't do it either, did no. it? No, and as Bryn pointed out, he'd given some and then realised that everything was a yellow card in his eyes, so he had to stop it. So the one that, going back to your IU comment... He assaulted Alioski off oh, the yeah. pitch. And yeah. he had another niggly one. And I thought, hmm, he, he could have been, on a different day, he could have had two yellows. While we're on the point of uh, Bryn, his commentary for the goal was bloody beautiful. Shout out, Bryn Law. That'll go down in history, that. It's a good job that Sky dropped the game, isn't it, Andy? Otherwise, you'd have missed that. Ah, no, mate. At that point, I was punching doors. I watched it back on Twitter. The LUTV coverage, I really enjoyed it today. I really enjoyed Matt Jones's uh, on CoComs. I thought he, uh, I thought he was very insightful, and it was actually the most tactical discussion that I've that I've ever heard during the first half. Mate, when it, when he came on at the beginning of the game, I didn't. I was thinking, who've they got in here? Who's this like person they've dragged in? I didn't recognise him, and I loved Matt Jones when when he played for Leeds. Very good player. Sadly, uh, sadly sold too soon and uh, retired too soon in my book. Clearly, LUTV is run on an absolute shoestring, and rather than pay expenses for somebody else to go down there, they were like, "Who's Leeds related and lives near Swansea?" <laughs> yeah, but it was it was really worth it because he knows their players, so it was a fascinating insight. As you say, it was all the tactics, it was how they'd set up, how we'd set up, and you couldn't have asked for anyone better to to describe the game. Right, let's all just cut to the point. We're all saying about the game, but. Us, us mind has gone past that. As soon as that final whistle blew and we won the game, our heads were fully looking towards what could be. How are we all feeling now? I'll start with James. Well, I wanted to talk about the game a bit more. Behave yourself. We all said, get past the game. I do, because I didn't say half of it. I'd like to talk a bit more about the game too. Oh, you guys are idiots. <laughs> it's 1-0. We've got past the game. We're, we are within four points, and that is if Brentford don't drop points of going up. Well, all I was going to say is I read that um, Harrison and a few others were getting a bit of stick on Twitter. Uh, Aileen, I think, as well. But do you think the fact that we had 24 hours less recovery than Swansea contributed to it? Or 
what do you think it was that sort of made us have a bit of a shaky game? I think it's possible that the timing didn't help, but actually I just think Swansea played well and we're not used to seeing that. I, I, I genuinely think they went out there, they needed the points as much as we did and they tried to get them. I think that was more of a organisational thing that they had 24 hours to prepare from a strategic point of view rather than a uh, fitness point of view because in the end it was Ailing's fitness that told getting chasing that ball down and cutting it back um, when there were a lot of tired bodies on the pitch. So yeah, I, I do think it made a difference that they had more time to prepare because they looked so organised. They'd clearly been re- super prepared for it. And um, but like Andy says, we got over the line. Let's talk about next bit. <laughs> I mean, that was a horrible, horrible, horrible impression. But I'm right though. I think even the performance showed that it were it were go there, get the job done, on to the next one. So I've done something that I normally do in the first half of the podcast, and I've gone on the uh, opposition forums, but not Swansea because I'm not too fussed about that anymore. Had a little look, look on the Oatcake fanzine. Oh, no, that was Stoke. I've had a look at the... Uh, <laughs> I was, was going to say, you really enjoyed it on the Oatcake fanzine, didn't you? you I really enjoyed the Oatcake but Well, I have been on there. I have been on there. But they have they pulled it out of the bag today, didn't they? They gambled on today's game against Birmingham. And they've, still got to, and they won. And they've still got to play Brentford, haven't they? Yeah. But anyway, been having a look on the Brentford forums and they've written us off as promoted now. They've conceded because... The fixture on Tuesday tea time, Fulham versus West Brom, they want Fulham to win because that keeps it in their hands. But that requires to then win the next night, which they have to have confidence in doing. They want to slip to fourth on Tuesday night in order to slip to second by Wednesday night. And I've said it all the way through this season, West Brom are dog. You've also said that Barnsley are great and they're bottom. No, no, I... That game against Barnsley was the best game we've had all season. It still is. Name me a better team was giving us a ding dong than them. I'll wait. Uh, Forest losses don't count. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll wait. But on that basis, Andy, what you're saying is we shouldn't be getting too carried away because theoretically we'll know more. We'll, we will know definitively on Thursday whether it's four points that we still need. But as of as of press, we need four points. And that fixture is a tough fixture against a team that need to win at all costs. Best team I've seen us play all season, mate. And the top, is it top versus bottom, will it be? Are they bottom now? Yeah, I've just said that. Matt's just informed us that they're bottom, so it's top versus bottom. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless West Brom beat Fulham by the same scoreline that we beat Fulham, in which case it'll be second versus bottom. Nah, West Brom are dog out there. It'll be fine. You've not mentioned that. Dog. How's that all leave us feeling anyway? Like I asked before, are we are we are we excited thinking it's job done? Because I'm I'm not quite there yet. I'm like you say, Paul. I'm trying to enjoy them as we go, but I'm still feeling terrified every bloody game we go into. No team has ever stop, not been promoted stop, from stop, this position. Stop! <laughs> stop! Ever? Oh, jeez! Oh, I wonder what sort of natural disaster is going to happen to uh, to stop it. Then we'll get a points deduction for like one of the crowdies. Running on to pitch or something, won't we? Yeah, something, something will happen, won't it? Paul told me that we're 20 to 1 not to get promoted now. Did you see that, uh, that was our first win at Swansea since 1964? Did you see that? And that yeah. year, that was the year we went 
up from the second division to the first division under Don Revy. Yeah, and it was the year, the year that Liverpool won Division 1 and Coventry won Division 3. And Exeter got away. They didn't do the job this year, did they? And the Swansea away game was the penultimate away game of the season. You know what? This is a, a random one. My dad told me that he went to the game that Leeds got promoted that season. What, at Swansea? He said he couldn't remember who... Well, apparently. It wouldn't surprise me. He's got far more interesting stuff to tell me that he doesn't quite remember or like he just throws away and you're like, that's a really amazing thing. Ben's are out Tuesday. Like, oh, yeah. So if Brentford lose to Preston, or even if they draw with Preston, we go we go up if we beat Barnsley on Thursday. Correct. Oh, is if, that correct? Or oh, we just still need one more point. Oh no, it's right, isn't it? No, that's yeah. that's a fact. If Brentford win and we beat Barnsley, then we only need a point from our remaining two games. But it's possible that we could get promoted without playing on Saturday if Brentford were to drop points. That's true. God, it's mad, isn't it? And if Fulham beat West Brom and we beat Barnsley, West Brom can only beat uh, catches on goal difference. This is like one of them scenarios you see on telly, isn't it, when they uh, put all the different permutations and how somebody can do something, and you don't know which one's going to happen or which one you want to happen, do you? Which is your ideal scenario? My ideal scenario is we beat Barnsley to get promoted on Thursday night and then we beat Derby to win the title on uh, Sunday. That's my ideal scenario. Yeah, because we, we only need four to guarantee promotion, but we need seven to guarantee uh, winning the title, don't we? Are we getting carried away again here? I think we've earned, we... I think we've earned the right to be getting carried away now, surely, in this position. Well, these are permutations. But they're just permutations, Andy. It's facts. This isn't getting carried away. It's cold, hard facts. The other cold, hard fact is that I said that I'd like to uh, win the league at Derby back in August last year. I know, I love that. <laughs> so we were thinking about permutations even back then. And I had my own promotion party the day we uh, should have been playing Derby dinner. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, you had an excuse to drink, you mean? Oh, I you think did, it was yeah. a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I think I raised a toast to us all, didn't I? You asked us where we're at. I'll tell you where I'm at. Exactly where Marcelo Bielsa's at. What he said after the game. It's not an enjoying thing. I'll enjoy it when I get the job done. And I did enjoy it a bit. But equally, I was kind of a little bit numb after the game. Because it's like, it feels so close, but it's not yet done. I have to say, I didn't celebrate the goal as hard as I would have done if I'd have been in the stadium. Part of that was because I was with my granddad. And he's got the heating on in July. So I was really sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh bless him but also because yeah I won't believe it till it happens I'm still in that mindset and it just feels so surreal watching it happening on TV with no fans in the stadium I'm really looking forward to getting back into the gazebos next week yeah I must admit I've been missing the gazebos although I, I did celebrate pretty hard today it, it felt like a massive release today well my word was uh, probably going to be tense because Brian Law said it 700 times during the game and I did feel proper tense all the way through that it just felt it was it just felt so many familiar patterns but luckily it's not going to be tense do you think Brian Law is on a promotion bonus because he told us when we uh, interviewed him end of last year that he wasn't a Leeds fan but <laughs> that commentary would say otherwise so either he is a Leeds fan or he's on some great money if Leeds get promoted I love how much um, he properly goes for it doesn't he when we score it made me think actually I couldn't watch anything but LUTV at this at this point now because it's it was, it was on Sky well yeah that but I just mean any game that Leeds are, are, 
a schedule to play on Sky. I just wouldn't watch it because well, yeah, this is what I was saying on the last pod. You just don't you don't feel it at all, do you? But having someone who's really biased commentate, it it massively helps, like inject a bit of uh, I don't know something into it. Passion. Yeah, it is passion. That's what it is, and and you need that. Otherwise, it's just some it's just some randomer talking about football, not talking and appa- about Leeds. And apparently, some piped in chants that are taking a piss. That riled me up last time, though. It got me going. Made me feel like I was ready. You see Pablo's comments after the game saying about uh, Jack looking down from the skies on it. Yeah, well, Jack Jack Charlton will have played in that game that we were talking about in 1964 away at Swansea. So it was uh, fitting. And there's a couple of challenges in there. I think Bryn Law alluded to it, or it might have been Matt Jones saying I would have been proud of a Liam Cooper challenge on IU, where he just put him up in the air and played on. It was a very professional performance today, albeit not as beautiful and as dominating as we'd have liked to be. It just was a very much a case of job done, so very proud of the lads today. In all the excitement, we've kind of jumped into words, haven't we? But we haven't done a man of the match. You mentioned Liam Cooper there. I thought he was exceptional from what I saw, and he seemed to be the most consistent, but how does everyone else feel? Pablo Hernandez. I think I'm going to be incredibly uh, predictable by saying Pablo Hernandez because as much as he, <laughs> uh, as much as I enjoyed watching him on Thursday night, it was the same thing. But today it was a case of because because it was nil nil, he was looking at everything and thinking, how do I unpick this? And he he has that thought process, and and you look up and you see the passes coming, and he's putting it in places, and he does stuff that the other people can't do, and then I mean. That element of scoring the winning goal in the last minute that puts you four, minute, four points away from promotion against your former team. Whew, what a story. I think we can say that he's uh, an impact player, can't we? <laughs> I love that. That's got to be the best reverse curse you've ever done in your life. Jinx, jinx, double jinx. I'll tell you what, he's he's the Spanish Strachan for me. He's, he's the catalyst for this team. And the performance again today, I think you're right, Paul, he's, he's one of the match by a distance. While others were looking a little bit flaky in the passing and not 100%, he just took it by the scruff of the neck and, and did what he had to do to get us over that line and he did it with an absolute canter. I thought Pablo had a great game and I think that um, I agree with what you're saying, Paul. That it's, a, it's a great story that he was the one who got the goal and actually him being so disappointed and dejected at the end of the Brentford game last Easter Monday really was kind of the symbol of that game. So it was so lovely to see him peeling away and being euphoric after scoring today. But I'm actually going to give my man a match. I'm going to contradict what James was saying earlier. I'm giving my man a match to Calvin Phillips because I thought he, uh, I thought it was a game where the central midfield really had to step up to the plate and particularly Calvin. And I thought that he was very consistent. He was involved in nearly everything. And then to to take that knock, have your, hit, have your knee heavily strapped at half-time and then still play through the pain in the second half, he gets man of the match for me because I think he was a bit of an unsung hero. How did you think uh, Clicky played? Because I'm always giving Clicky an eight or nine and I think he was about a seven today. And that's still a good performance, but it's not up to his very high standards that he sets, is it? I thought he was busy, but... Um... He was a little bit clumsy with some of his uh, challenges and some of his passing was a bit off. It, it again looked like his radar was just slightly off, but as they alluded to in commentary, if one of them comes off, someone's cleaning on goal. It's just, it's, it's, it was very fine margins. And going back to what Matthew said about uh, last Easter Monday in the Brentford game, this is a, another one out of the cliche, but, but it really takes those lows and the other bits to, to appreciate 
eyes. So see having that contrast in the images with Pablo and the one of Bielsa on the slumped on the bucket of QPR, you just you you're just still hoping that that those beautiful moments is going to be so much to to soak in and savor coming just around the corner. Well, it's like you said, it goes back to the permutation that Matt dreamt up in August, winning the title or or getting promoted in in Derby. You know, it's that is the dream scenario, isn't it? It's uh, that is the the massive head in hands moment of the semi final playoffs last year to potentially <laughs> going up into the uh, the top league in the world in their own backyard. Fantastic. And the Amazon Prime have been uh, busy on Twitter replying to and liking and commenting on various uh, Leeds United related stuff. So it looks like the documentary might be coming back in some format just to finish that story. Because it was never right that it would finish on that game. Can you imagine Wayne Rooney having to uh, take part in a Garden of Honour for Leeds United? But that's what I do say, football cyclic and uh, it seems to have taken a long time for this cycle to come back round but hopefully we are uh, uh, this is where I this true. is where I really hope you're wrong because I never want to go around that cycle ever again yeah, it's just been the <laughs> no, 16 but, years <laughs> no but I'm hoping it's like a figure of eight and we've done a very deep loop and we can just go back into the uh, the top bit of it now yeah you have highs and lows in football and uh, at the moment today was pretty sweet and it's reduced a lot of people's nerves, a lot of people's pressure. Four from nine seems doable. So what's your word? My word is nearly, because we're nearly there. This is the closest we've been to the Premier League since before that Preston semi-final second leg at Deepdale, where we were two games away from the Premier League, and we're now two games away from the Premier League again. So we're nearly there. Andy? Ectoplasm. (laughs) Next. James? Well, when it always comes to me on the pod with this, I've never thought about it. Even though I know it's a recurring feature, I've never thought about it and they're always rubbish. Um, but this time I've actually thought about it and I want to say a revolution because I think it has been such a massive revolution for the club in the last three years, in particular two years with Bielsa joining. But he's changed everything we're completely unrecognizable from two years ago when we had Heckingbottom in charge uh, when we closed out that season and Bielsa's changed the mindset of staff the entire hierarchy and he has changed the city like the city has completely changed and how everyone perceives the club and everyone is it's, it's like even today you know everyone was asking me who doesn't care about football about Leeds and it's not like this joke thing that you're a Leeds fan anymore it's kind of like everyone that I know wants us to succeed and that revolution has all come from Bielsa. I know we've all been hating on Sky and that but did you see the little short documentary about Bielsa that was on telly? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Nobody cared about Sky Andy. This documentary mate is absolutely brilliant and it's basically what James has just said. It's not what I've heard. I've heard it was a half an hour waste of time. Well, it's not just, half an just, hour because there's adverts in the middle, so it's about 24 and a half minutes, maybe 25. But I'll tell you what, mate, I, I found it really inspiring. And uh, I, what I came out of that was that we are very fortunate to have him. And as James said, the revolution and the impact he's had on the football club and the city is phenomenal. It, well, um, in our life, sorry, Paul, in our lifetime, we've had Howard Wilkinson was that was right at the start of our journey with Leeds United. Between that time and now there has not been anyone that has transformed the club like like he has mic drop like it yes nothing you can say to that well my final word is going to be crescendo because i think we're even closer on building up that so your word is not tense 
No, I said it, it was going to be tense and then we scored a last minute winner, didn't we? So uh, I'm going back to crescendo because we're, we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. We will see after Tuesday and Wednesday night's results whether or not Thursday could be the day. If not, we know it could be Sunday. And going back to my word in the first half of the pod, that was definitely a fitting way to have our last ever game in Wales, wasn't it? So, yeah. so on the weekend, we lost Jack Charlton. What better way to pay tribute to him than get a 1-0 win away at Swansea to power us on our way towards the Premier League? If we don't do it now, something will have gone very, very wrong. But there's always a chance of Leeds that. And we'll be back on Thursday in the gazebos for a potential promotion clinching clash against Barnsley. See you then. Podcast Network.